Ooh, welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Ladies and gentlemen, gentle thems and esteemed ones, I bring you Griffin Cold Iron as Hamlet. My family and friends that I love all dearly. Shit. Say the line, the famous one. Uh, uh, We're not gonna get in trouble because uh, it's public domain. Say the line. Zounds, figs. Fuck, that's Othello. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. One last time. Okay. Hamlet. That's the show you're doing. If I proclaim with my fuck. unworthiest hand, fuck. <laughs> damn you. <laughs> the show's canceled. Everyone, go home. God damn it, man! <laughs> what is this quintessence of dust? Man go. delights not me. Uh, I want I want that rendition where Hamlet's just a shitty teen. <laughs> like I know he is a shitty teen, but yeah. played as like a shitty teen, like uh, an emo teen. Yeah, and it comes out with like a like a my chem shirt on. It's like oh, oh to be or not to be, uh, dearest Ophelia or whatever. <laughs> um. nymph in thy orisons may i ever be remembered or whatever i guess <laughs> or or i guess you know whatever <laughs> that's the rendition i want but this show isn't about shakespeare zach is it i mean it could be i mean i granted oh. i know we already have a show on this network that's about that but like right. we're coming for you shakespeare what of it <laughs> We're coming for you, show currently on hiatus. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come after we've shuffled off this moil coil. Mortal coil may be Moil coil. coil. That's, um. <laughs> We're in the podcast now. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. My name is Zach. My name is Griffin. You might know me better as Hamlet. <laughs> Hamlet. He's in the house. Ugh. <sighs> Something we is are not rotten. A Shakespeare podcast. Something is rotten in the state of this fucking show. <laughs> uh, folks, welcome back to another episode of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. We are here today once again to delight your ears and your imaginations with awe and wonder of the ninth. Ah, world. wonder. Ah, ah, ah. That's right, we're returning to Monty Cook Games' Numenera system, as featured on this network in the Imprinted Echoes podcast. What's up, Monty Cook? What's up, Monty? How you living? Montgomery Cook! What's up, Sean Reynolds? Is that a guy I, from Monty Cook? Yeah, he's one of the main designers. I saw him at Gen Con once. Uh, hey, hey, Sean, I rock hey, with Sean. your work, son. <laughs> <laughs> this, of course, is the setting a billion years in the future with all sorts of weird fucking animals a so billion billion years into the future i think it's just a billion 
Whatever. <laughs> God. We are squirrely I'm, tonight. I'm so tired, Griff. It's anyway. Cool. Let's crank this up. Let's crank this up. The first thing, it's, God, I'm so excited to say this on microphone because I fucking yeah? love saying it, is the Unigran. Ooh, give me one more time. The Unigran. Unigran. It's it's just fun to say. It's really yeah. It's it's quite the, satisfying. The Unigran, if you Unigran. will. Unigran. Yeah. It's really it's really conducive to that tapped R. We yeah. love so much. Yes, we do love the tapped R. Gran. Gran. I can't roll the R, so I have to settle with the tapped R. Unigran. Okay. That was just my. I wanted you to hear it. Oh. it I like I like the other version better. I just wanted you to hear it I for, can't, for I, you know I judging can't, purposes. I can't roll it. It sounded pretty good. Can though. you not? No, I can't roll it. I've got a really oh. fat tongue. Uh, <coughs> like no, my tongue is re- very fat and short. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's not very long. We just compared tongues. We just on, compared tongues. Yeah, that that wasn't for you, audience. I'll show you mine if you show me yours first. <laughs> Let's compare tongues. We sit on shit. front porches and lick life away. Stop. I'm stop. Sorry. Stop. So the Unigran. With their eight foot with their eight foot long, sinuous, pressure armored forms. Ooh. Ooh. Unigrans are suited to hunt the drowned places of the Ninth World. God, what a sentence. Yeah. Two, two rows of eye-like organs stripe their elongated heads, giving Unigrans a wide view. Oh, yeah, a wide view of their murky surroundings and their mighty tails easily propel them through deep water. Unigrans view any creature that's not an Unigran potential food yeah these things are neat they're not like our our traditional like snee snake they're kind of like they kind of have like the body of like a roly-poly yeah they're but like, like but like a death roly-poly a death roly-poly it's like a yeah if a fish and, and like an armadillo made a, yeah made a decrepit baby <laughs> if they made a weird fishy baby a weird fishy baby yeah, no, this bitch is like, yeah, they say like eight feet long, mm-hmm. and it's got like, yeah, like four eyes on each side. Sorry, I like organs. Yeah, whatever that means. This real long mouth that just looks like it's a goblin. It's got a bit of a goat. It's got a little bit of a goat. It's got a little bit of a goat yeah. going, and then yeah, like these like segmented plates on its back. It's like if a whale was armored. Kinda, yeah. Got that big tail, those big flippers. Yeah, real cool. Uh, so their motive is defense slash feeding uh, food for their young. Aw, that's nice. A pot of six or seven unigran, sorry, unigrans, <laughs> uh, hunts with other large aquatic creatures and conducts quick raids out of the water along the shorelines of lakes and seas. Interesting. So, so they're at, also homies. They'll get out there. And they hunt with other large aquatic creatures. Yeah. They legit. They roll. Yeah, but it also says that they view um, things that aren't unigrans as potential food. So it's like they'll be potential like hunting, hun- uh, hunting with something. And they're like, "We're not catching anything today." 
It's like, Rick, we were having a good time. <laughs> I brought brewskis. I know, those are mine now. Uh, let's see. They um, got an only an armor of one. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it sounds like it's not super great, honestly. The, you know, I don't think it's that great. Going off of their big armored plates, that just sounds strange. Um, they can like roll up. The modifica- up. modifications, they, perception as level four while in water. That seems pretty high. So. Yeah. I love when we do this because I have no idea how Cypher works. Um, so I read <laughs> all of these mechanics and I'm like, yep, sounds good. I have a passing understanding of how Cypher works. Oh, shit. When combat starts, an Unicron electrifies its skin with a thought. The, elec- the electric field doesn't extend into the surrounding water or air, but it automatically infects it inflicts two points of damage to anyone who touches or strikes the Unicron with a melee attack, and it gives the Unicron two points of armor against electricity. That's cool. And so they've got some electric eel shit going on a yeah. little bit. An Unicron's mouth is its most fearsome weapon, allowing okay, it to too, bite brother. and hold its prey. Ayo. A- <laughs> a- I'm assuming this <laughs> it means a bit victim, because it says a bite victim. A bit victim... What? Uh, no, like a bite victim, like okay. a, like it's like ah, oh, I've been stabbed. I'm a stab victim. Okay, a bite I'm, victim. I'm, I'm a burn victim. Takes two additional points of damage from the creature's electric field and cannot move while the Unicron holds on. A victim can try and break free of uh, on his turn by making a successful level three might roll. Okay. In the deeps, Unicron elders can grow to colossal size. A typical elder is level eight. Again, don't know what that means. Measures almost 100 feet. Wow. In length, inflicts 10 points of damage, has 36 points of health, and has five points of armor. Elders can uh, can emerge onto land the way that human-sized Unigrons can. Oh, sorry. The elders can't emerge onto land the way human-sized Unigrons can. Terrifying. For reference, I think, like... Heavy weapons in this game, like big swords, deal, I want to say, like, four damage. Oh, say so yeah, that that take a while. Yeah. Unigran! Oh, sorry. Unigrans. Speak their <laughs> you own... You were really excited. Yeah. Sorry. Unigrans. Uh, speak their own language, rich in clicks and squeals, but some can also speak one or more languages of land-dwelling humanoids that live nearby. Yeah. Didn't Let's see this go. coming. Unigran layers are aquatic, built under a central spawning chamber that holds the Great Egg. The Great Egg. The Great Egg. All hail the Great Egg. That chamber is partly filled with a breathable atmosphere. The Great Egg is a bulk of developing translucent Unigran eggs held together in a jelly-like mass. Unigrons worship it, defend waters near it, and sacrifice creatures to it by dropping <laughs> immobilized captives into the mass, where they fuse through the osmotic walls and become food for the developing young. Holy shit, what? If a sacrifice does not pass through the wall of the egg mass, the Unigrons take it as a sign of temperance and release the captive. <laughs> So if you can fucking fight your way out, the Unigrons are like, okay, you're free to leave. (laughs) 
game recognized game. Oh, shit. Yo, that's crazy. I did not see that shit coming. I thought it was just a big C thing. But not. Nah, they've got their own complex religion. They can learn to talk. They sacrifice shit. What a fucking wild ride this <laughs> to has To be been. dragged into an egg goop mass. It's like you travel into the egg. And if you come back, mm-hmm. you live. What? <laughs> to you, the great egg. I made it up. I made it up. We cool? Oh, yeah, dude, we're chill. All right, holy shit, dude. Yo, what's up with this egg? Push it back in. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, use where undergrounds are known to live. Local fisher people value their teeth as good luck charms. Aww. Cool. Unless it's like sharks and like they just kind of yeah. lose their teeth. Yeah. In which case, Gotta okay. Be, right? Believing that a necklace made of them will ward off other unagrans. Characters who hunt the creatures can earn two shins per unagran tooth they sell in such a community. I don't like that. Oh. That's just poaching. <laughs> At least for the first hundred or so teeth. After that, demand begins to dry up. That's funny. <laughs> Loot, the great egg of an established unagran lair, has seen many sacrifices. The PCs can find one D10 ciphers, an oddity or two, and usually at least one artifact beneath its gelid mass. I mean, that checks out. Like, don't loot the great egg. That's like a religious icon. But, yeah. like, uh, that checks out. Yeah. Guys, the unagrans do engage in blood sacrifice, though, yeah. so, like... Hi, we've had a lot of fun here today, but this is Zach and Griffin here to say, don't loot the great egg, because if you do, you're a fucking piece of shit. Like, obviously, yeah, but at the same time, the bodily sacrifice does leave a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a, it only goes, that, that, that uh, allowance only goes so far. Yeah. You know what? Fuck yeah. You're right. Like fuck you know what I'm me. Saying? No, your your heart's in the right place, and that's. I just want to. I just want people to be happy and safe. And they will if they don't fuck with the great egg. So it works out. Look, you don't fuck with the great egg, Unicrons. What the fuck are you doing? Knock that shit off. Knock that shit off. There's so many shitty people in the world you can feed to your egg. Look, if you need to sacrifice something to the egg, like make it a volunteer thing. You know? Yeah. Go Pe- find some pirates. You know, that are like if you've got like people that are like my life for the great egg. Yeah. Like, like a zealotry thing. Look, look, here in UTP, like we're not super chill about that, but like If that's your if that's your thing, go for it. Go for it. Go find like an like an oil baron. They're not doing anything good for the oceans. There you go. Feed them to the egg. As, as uh, if we fall back into our stance of not not today, eat the rich, but feed the rich <laughs> to the great egg. That's the t-shirt that the, I want. Feed the rich to the great egg. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll get Mister Greenley on it. Feed the rich to the great egg. Yes, sir. Ugh. All right. Even if the even if the rich crawl their way out of the great egg, they push them back in. Push them back in. Push them. That's what it says on the back of the shirt. You if do you know out. who I am, you big piece? I am I am Jeffrey Preston Bezos. 
We do not care. We Egg do not hungers. care. No, Egg my to... beautiful bald head. <laughs> Time for egg to eat. Blah. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Jeff. They're coming for you. The Unagrans are coming for you, Jeff. The Unagran. Just give it approximately 9.9 billion years. There you go. Or million. Well, yeah, no, I mean, with this amount of money. 999.9 million years. Yeah, he seems like the dude who would, like, freeze himself just oh, so 100%. he could thaw himself out then. God, that's the Numenera campaign I want, is you find a cryo sleep casket and you open it up and it's fucking and Jeff, Jeff Bezos. It's just Jeff. <laughs> that's fucking funny. Oh, man. Oh, Jeff. All right, so, Unicron. Oh, we done? I think so. I think um, not pets. Not so pets. Can't render a judgment on no. if they're good or bad or not. Goodies. I think like parts of them would be, like maybe like the fins and like the tongue. Just yeah, you know, just like you know, hypothetically. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, up next on the list, we've got a fucking weird one. Uh, yeah, we've got Quishamis. Quishamis. Yeah, I think so. This looks like sort of like a crystal, just like a fractal, like crystal lattice. This image here kind of looks like someone froze like droplets of water in the air. This bitch looks like if math was a boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, dude. <laughs> While alive and intelligent, this is a quote, by the way. Uh, the Quishami, the Quish. Oh, it's singular. Quishamis, Quishamas, Quishamis. The Quishamis is is not in any way a biological entity as we understand them. The Quishamas is neither animal nor plant, but a crystalline being with the ability to destroy and create its physical form as a means of locomotion. Whoa. Huh. It shatters and even liquefies and then reconstitutes entirely unharmed. I have not yet begun to understand it. And that's a quote from Carl Linnell. He's a, a naturalist. Self-titled naturalist, yeah. The Quishamis appears to be a crystalline formation about 12 to 15 feet across. However, it can quickly change and become a shattered mass of crystalline shards and sparkling liquid. It moves around amid the shattered crystal bits of the cloud crystal sky fields, making strange patterns. Quishamis uh, seems to need no sustenance other than sunlight. Okay, let's talk about um, what, like, a sci-fi epic name is Cloud Crystal Skyfield. Yeah, for sure. These things, it feels like they would, you would see them in the sky as one might see, like, an aurora in our world. Okay. Their motive is following a mysterious course. What are you up to, Quishamis? There's a weird thing on the side there that says yeah. among cockle gamblers. I just really wanted yeah. to say that. Shami <laughs> hearts are considered to be high stakes. 
Huh. Interesting. How does it have a heart? It's I a, don't know. It's, it's a water guy. Krishamis defend themselves with razor-sharp crystal shards that they grow like spears. Alternatively, if they wish to attack at range, they can launch crystalline arrows up to long range. With their ability to shatter and reform, Krishamis regenerates 10 points of health around if they have at least one point of health remaining. Uh, for reference, they have 20 health in total, so half of their health. This makes them very difficult to destroy through physical force. However, they do not regenerate intellect damage. That's interesting. Hmm. If communication can be established somehow, Kwashamis are friendly, albeit strange, and not particularly intelligent creatures. They are preoccupied with moving around beneath the floating crystals of their homeland to etch intricate patterns in the earth, but they cannot effectively explain why. Kwashamis are utterly non-aggressive, but many people hunt them for their potent hearts. Hmm. At the heart of any Kwashami is a powerful crystal infused with energy. Dang Each crystal yeah. is different, but most can be tuned by someone with knowledge of the Numenera to have a specific effect like an artifact. Some Kwashami's hearts can serve as weapons or defensive items, and others perform functions like teleportation or invisibility. What? So they're just weird crystal lads. Yeah. Trying to work on their art project. Just a little math boy trying to work on his art project and you just like be a bud, you know? Like if you can talk to him, they'd be like, Oh, hey, how's it going? Did you, uh. Oh, hey, Kushami. Did you catch last night's Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah. That was like, they're, they're, you know, I'm still waiting for it to kind of like pick up the quality of the earlier stuff. Oh, I don't think you know it's going mean? to get there. I'm just trying to enjoy the ride while I can. Anywho, yeah, that's fair. I've got to draw these lines in the earth for no particular reason. Have a good All one. All right, Kwashami. I'll see you around. <laughs> the fact that it locomotes by destroying its entire form and then reforming itself so like some sort of weird inchworm is very cool. Yeah. It's, it's like, like it... it it leans forward, shatters into a million pieces. Those pieces roll forward with a little bit of momentum that they had, and then it reforms and does it again. Sings like if Alice, uh, Alex Mack um, yes. was more punk rock. <laughs> but also a little dumber. But also a little dumber. And consumed. Um, no, Alex purpose. Mack was kind of dumb. That's fair. I feel like a lot of the problems Alex Mack got into <laughs> were very avoidable. But I think this thing could be a, a cool pet. You think so? A nice little bud? Yeah, like it doesn't... It, all it needs is sunlight. It just needs to photosynthesize. You have a cool... It just kind of cool hangs out. Yeah. It can draw in your yard. Cool little landscapers. Yeah. It's probably an outside pet. Oh, probably. But if you have a lot of land and want to like fuck with the local conspiracy theorists theorists and like oh, yeah. get some crop circles drawn in this in the in the dirt definitely i think it'd be a cool pal utterly non-aggressive seems happy to chat yeah non-aggressive be good with the kids you know <laughs> gotta watch out for those crystalline spears and arrows but yeah, aside but, from that you know if you don't if the kids don't give it a reason to spear yeah. it you know spear them then it's fine yeah, it's just like, you know, any animal that, you know, can have a tendency to, like, you know, instinctually, like, defend itself with, like, a bite or something. Just watch out. 
Just watch out. It'll be fine. Teach your kids respect. God, that's all it takes. Shit. Ooh. You want to say cockle gamblers one more time? Cockle gamblers. Very good. Thank you. All uh, right. Do you want to roll out to an ad? I'm happy to roll to an ad, my boy. Let's hit it. Caleb, hit the ad. Are you ready for the world's most prolific bard? Bringing you a collection of the Kinderland's greatest hits. Zafir Shenastiliath sings the hits with such classics as Morty's Mom. Morty's mom has got it going on. She's all I want and I've waited for so long. Morty, can't you Jackson's see? girl. You know I wish that I had Jackson's girl. I wish that I had Jackson's girl. Where can I find a wizard like that? The pride and joy of the final flight. From Plains Watch to Bulwark, everyone knows of fear. Start spreading the news. Classics I'm for now, classics for then, classics forever. I want to be a part of it. Bulwark, Bulwark. Step into a realm of melodic marvels with the man of many faces. Planted by our shiny boy, he's Jackson Silver, and his sight is not a toy. Blinded by our shiny boy, he's Jackson Silver. There's never been a musical collection like this until now. Get inspired. You need some help with that. Bardic inspiration. Going to give you help with that. Bardic inspiration. I Call 1-800-PET-SHOP and order your copy today for four easy payments of 25 gold each. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Zafir Shenastiliath sings the hits. Toss a coin to your shifter, oh valley of plenty, oh valley of plenty, oh. Toss a coin to your shifter, oh valley of plenty. Quality back. Quali- quality, uh, what was the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Quality ad. Holy shit. I'm tired, Griff. <laughs> I know, buddy. Anyway, um, what we got next, I'm going to try to say it. It's not going to be as cool as uh, the Unagran. Unagran. But, but next we have the Rosira. Ooh, also good. It's Ooh. vaguely Spanish. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Rosiras have a reputation for wreaking horrible havoc. All right. Laying waste and destroying entire cities in a single swarm. Oh. Yeah. Oops. The sound of their loud and constant chirruping caused by their multi-winged flight has become synonymous in many people's minds with impending disaster. Oh, God. We picked a great one. Oh, no. In truth, Rosiera swarms are merely the harbingers for destruction. Arriving anywhere from a few hours to a few days before disaster strikes. Rosiras are the proverbial canaries in the coal mine. Oh. How do they know what's going to happen? Are the Rosiras 
claws, attempting to warn the creatures in the area. Do they feed from the devastation? Are they mere spectators to a potential world-changing event? No one knows. However, they rarely stay once the event begins and they never get involved. Huh. That's kind of fucked. They that's, roll up. Hey, something terrible about to, uh, is about to happen. Have a good one. <laughs> that's very interesting, though. So, yeah, they, the, the Rosira, they are these little bugs. They, they look like they kind of got like a cobra head. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. This, they Especially got, with the like the colored stripes. Yeah, they're like flying, and they you know the wings are kind of all blurry and stuff. So like that, it's not the clearest of images, but yeah, it just looks like a big old bug. Big big wings, big almost like dragonfly like wings. Yeah, but translucent. Although, although their role is often lost or misconstrued, Rosiras uh, have been the harbingers of a number of events throughout history. The Rose Plague, the War of the Three Lilies, the first, third, and twelfth Shadow Herd attack, swarms <laughs> oh of the uh, of <laughs> Rosiras foretold them all. I need to know more about these Shadow Herd attacks. Yeah, the Shadow Herd attacks. Happening. The first, third, uh, and the twelfth. I need to know. That's funny. With four sets of translucent wings growing up to three feet long, big wings ca- carrying their fist-sized bodies. Rosiris can cover long distances at great speeds. Did you also just imagine a fist with wings? I did. I did imagine. <laughs> well, um, I imagined, oh, God, what were they? The the scary heads with uh, bat wings? Oh, yeah. Varguils? The, the Varguil, yes. Uh, but instead, it's just a fist. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes a, a punching sound, but also the wings doing that, like, yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't <laughs> <laughs> that's very good uh man so let's see uh their motive is unknown their environment is impending disaster sites got a health of nine which seems pretty hardy for a bug they inflict three points of damage they have one armor their movement's long uh and their speed defense as level four due to size in combat right. uh rosieras are not combative unless threatened or something stands in the way of their migration to a disaster area they attack as a level five swarm of six to ten creatures inflicting six points of damage by folding their wings into long blades and diving towards their enemy holy shit yeah additionally they can use their strong pheromones to inflict a mental attack on a character in short range Level 6 intelligent defense task to resist, causing her to believe that she is experiencing whatever disaster the Rosiras most recently heralded. Wow! The lives the disaster for one turn, causing her to take a random action. Oh, and then Excuse there's a die roll. Excuse me. Jesus Christ, Rosira. Interaction. Rosiras communicate through a series of pheromones. A small percentage of people can read these pheromones. Oh, sorry. Read these odors. Thanks to a recessive gene, PCs who uh, succeed on a level 9 intellect roll are among the lucky readers. That's, to my understanding, that's basically the equivalent of rolling a nat 20. Yeah. Like, Dang. Or like, that's, it, it's one of the highest, like, yeah. I think it's by threes, so level 9 would be like a 27. Yikes. Um, while others have developed Numenera devices to communicate with these intelligent insects, Rosieras either won't or can't communicate about anything beyond current safety levels in the locations of impending disasters. They can be captured or trained for use as warning bells, a level 7 intellect task, but only in groups of two or more. 
Huh. Okay. And Aldea and the beyond has heard a swarm coming and prepares to defend against the Rosira attack. What they don't realize is that the danger is coming from elsewhere. Yeah, that is that is really cool how these things, their reputation is known as, oh, the Rosira swarms show up and devour everyone, I guess. But they don't do jack shit. They just happen to show up or, or are, like, drawn to sites where they know disasters are going to be happening. That's wild. Yeah. That's it, really cool. It would be rad. I wanna, now I'm, like, imagining in my head, like fantasy movies where like you know like mm. there's like horns or beacons that get lit and instead yeah. of that just a bunch of bugs fly up like when aragorn comes you know blasting into yeah. the into the the hall of the rohirrim and he's like be like the rosiras have buzzed gondor calls for aid <laughs> sound the bugs yeah, someone just pulls a slat open and <laughs> 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 Honestly, that's not a bad idea, because, like, if you did that, and then they flew to that place, and then there was just a bunch of assholes fucking shit up, and then they, like, yeah. they're like, all right, bugs, let's rug mold, and then they, <laughs> and then they all fly in and cut them up, you know what I mean? Yeah. They don't really stick around, though, to, like, help out. Well, it would be cool if they did. I mean, yeah, you're right. There's a there's a small subsect of Rosira who are, like, Well, it's like they're not very combative brethren. unless threatened. So, like, you know, if they show up and, you know, a bunch of, like, yeah. you know, like, well, saying, marauders like, there's like, there's start like, shooting at them. I'm just picturing, like, in, the, in you know, an entire swarm of Rosira, there is just, like, a small, like, you know, elite Delta squad. Oh, yeah. That do actually go, and they've got the headbands and the face paint, and they yeah. actually do go and go and fuck shit up. They go full Rambo. What's new, Zach? Hey, that's, that's what I do. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Rosira. I got the cool sounding ones today. You did. I don't know. My next one, I'm very excited for. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So, like, if swarms of Rosira show up in terms of like large scale disasters, it's like you're getting ready for your morning, and you're like you're you're running a little behind your schedule, and like a a Rosira like. Like bump, like flies in your open window. Yeah. Like just, just, just one of them though. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm gonna oh get no. hit traffic on the freeway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna get a speeding ticket, and it's gonna be bullshit. But I can't, I can't refute it. Yeah, you know, your 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 girlfriend sends you a text, and it's like we need to talk, and suddenly you get punched <gasps> oh, in the no. face by a <laughs> by a, a fist sized bug. It's like she's gonna break up with me. I need to avoid. Uh, fuck. <laughs> I need to fix this. <laughs> If that's what it is, it's the Rosira, the one really helpful Rosira, trying to, like, save you, save your relationship from, like, little blunders. It's like, you're just, like, you're going to bed, like, it's a call in an early night, and a Rosira just, like, slams against your window. It's like, anniversary's tomorrow, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine, like, a a Courage the Cowardly Dog-esque animated series about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, you know, it's like... Uh, 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 yeah, punches someone in the face to warn them about a thing. It's like, oh, do you have to be so rough about it? And then, and then the bug turns to the camera, and it's like, what's a bug gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> you know what the you know what this uh, series is called, Zach? What? Wingman. Hey, that's hey, pretty good. I like that. Yeah, all right, yeah. Yeah, 
It's just like does the the courage like, the things I do for love. <laughs> what a weird like, show. I like let's see. Oh yeah, I never watched that. That shit's fucked up. Yeah, no. The 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 there was one episode in particular where someone stole this like old slab from like a museum or something, mm-hmm. and then this very creepy thing showed up, and it's like return the slab. Oh, we suffer have... the consequences. But it was creepy because the animation for that was different than the rest of the animation of the episode. We have talked about this bit on this show. Have before. we? Because there is some clip of me going onto YouTube to search that <laughs> clip. And my reaction is being like, yeah, that's fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's we're, we're talking about it again, folks. Because it haunted my fucking dreams when I was a child. <laughs> Yeah, little friendly Rosira to, like, warn you of minor disasters. Yeah, you know, little buddy boy just shows up. He's just there to help. He's like, you know, he whizzes past you, and you're like, whoa. And you find out, oh, no, you decided to make toast in the bathtub, you know, in the bathtub, and you got real close to something bad happening there. Yeah. And I, the fuck out. I, yeah, don't don't do that, bud. And then you're like, yeah, this was a bad idea. Maybe I shouldn't make toast, you know, around all this water. And the thing, the uh, uh, Rosia looks at the the camera again. It's like the thing. Yeah, really like really toes that line of like horrible graphic shit happening but it's a cartoon so it's all it's all well and, and it doesn't happen like it's about to and then right. like the guy gets saved at the last second because this bug is uh pulling overtime at all times <laughs> oh, oh. I'm, th- I'm thinking the name roscoe yeah R- R- roscoe rosira yeah i love that uh flies by and there's just it's just like a blur yeah but then the the main character is just like oh fuck do, do, does the main character uh, uh well the, the does uh, let's say the supporting character know oh, that sure. roscoe's there hmm probably not right at least probably, for like the first couple seasons yeah yeah uh, 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 roscoe's just doing it out of the it's just like oh this poor this 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 lad he brings destruction wherever he goes it's like an assignment thing it's like in yeah. in the like first episode we see roscoe going into work and it's like we got a tough one for you ross and they're like oh give me a break give me a break man <laughs> The, the whoever like yeah whoever whatever human Roscoe is assigned to has a name that it's like everyone it's knows. Well, yeah, it's it's the name begets like injury or accident. It's literally like I don't know, it's like, like Lenny Tripman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's like oh man, not accident prone, Alex. Oh man, that's good. Oh fucking uh, hell! And then Ro- yeah, but then like once season Kyle four the rolls clutch. around, <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, but, like no. once season four rolls around, they need to like find something new to keep the show fresh. So yeah. then like Kyle becomes aware of Roscoe's yeah. presence, mm-hmm. and then there's a whole new dynamic to kind of figure I out. Like this. Yeah, I'm thinking seven seasons. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel like like we could maybe get like a Nick Kroll to be Roscoe for the first couple of seasons, maybe, and then he you know he's got other things he has to move on to. So then we get we have to find someone to like fill his shoes. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
yeah who can we cast as the voice for like the main the the, the, the klutzy human kyle the klutz kyle the klutz klutzy kyle yeah um this is where my this is where my inability to know actors comes okay uh i will i mean if you want to put the the team up from big mouth again then it's just john mulaney So no, you, I don't want I don't want Mulaney on this project. You don't want Mulaney on the project. I don't want Mulaney on this project. Oh, okay, we don't need to get Mulaney's Mulaney got enough going on. He's got a lot going on. Frankly, that boy's got a lot going on. Who? What would, about like a um, hmm, 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 like a Keegan Michael Key, or that could be good. That could be good. I do love Keegan Michael Key, Key. That that feels right to me. Yeah. Hey Griffin, you know how much I love Keegan Michael Key. I. I do. I, I am also a fan of the key and the peel. The key and the peel. Uh, Keegan Michael Key would be great for that, actually. Like, actually, what, you know, let's just get Key and Peel. Oh, oh. Let's just get yeah. Key and Peel. It'll let's be just like get Key and Peel, like Bunny and Ducky from Toy Story Three. Was it Toy Story Three? Mm-hmm. Toy Story Four. You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah. They they, they were a duo of uh, stuffed animals from a carnival, and they were like sewn <laughs> together by the hands. Natch. They were like a they were like a double prize, and so they were they were together. It was great. So Keegan Michael Key as Kyle the Klutz, and yeah. then Jordan Peele, uh, Jordan as, Peele as, Roscoe. as Roscoe, yeah, Roscoe Rosira. Yeah, we have a propensity to turning um, like apocalyptic creatures into animated cartoons. Do we? I feel like we do. At least in somewhere in that vein. Well, see, this isn't apocalyptic. This is like everyday, like. Just, just like your sure, normal sure, everyday sure. disaster sort of thing. Yeah. All right. I love it. I love it. I love Thank it. Thank you, Roscoe. Roscoe. Thank you for all your hard work. You're welcome. <laughs> I love Roscoe. I love you too. <gasps> <laughs> all right, we got one more thing. We got one more thing. Uh, last creature on the docket, Zach, is the pygmy Hapix. So f- oh, that's a fun name. That's a pretty fun name. Pygmy Hapix. It sounds like you're talking about ha- like haptics is what I keep hearing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, but how? H a p a x Hapix. Hapix. Zach. No one can dispute the beauty of the Pygmy Hapix. At least, no one who has seen the brightly hued ethereal floating creatures coming down to rest upon the earth there trailing plumages following their descent it is these tendrils that are their true beauty and their true danger uh it's like a big not full jelly it's got it it seems like it has the like whatever a jellyfish is made out of it's made out of that stuff gelatin (laughs) sure uh, and it's got sort of that like iridescent coloration and stuff, but it's got a big head. I guess yeah. it's a head. It's got a pretty big head. And then it head. looks like it's almost wearing something. Yeah, like, like a- something, some sort of like cloth mantle draped over its head. It kind of makes in a it way. Look like it it kind of looks a- like it has a big mustache. Yeah, the handlebar. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a poem about the pygmy hapics, Zach. Oh. Okay, well, called uh, "Ode to the Ode to the Pygmy Hapix." Do you want to do this at like like a like a French like po- like poetry lounge? Because I can give you like some decorative hi hat. Um, I was I was feeling more like 
like millennial jam poetry. Oh, okay. So like tight black turtleneck and beret with bongos. Yeah, that's kind of you know like where like like the and like a little bit of like the. Okay, cool. I just didn't want to do a French accent. Oh, you don't need to do it with the French accent, but you can just do that very like. I am telling a poem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Okay. 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 Here we go. Editor Griffin, add bongos. Unless you're going to be the bongos. I'll I'll do a whole a smattering of of sound effects here. All right. Play me in. All right. They came down in great long streams. I'm miming holding a cigarette, I'm realizing. <laughs> As if settling to the earth in waves of dreams, I reached out to touch one, just one, it seems. And oh, the screams. The screams. The screams. Poet, yeah, poet unknown. Poet and unknown very- <laughs> and not very good, it says. Anyway. Feel free to uh, 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 overdo my shitty attempt at doing j- jazz bongos. Uh, we'll see. We'll with, see. With real bongos. I'll probably leave it in. Um, or add it on top of my shitty bullshit. <laughs> that would be so bad. <laughs> Each tendril trails nearly 20 feet or longer and it is covered in millions of small, hollow barbs. Huh. Anything that falls into the Hapix's wake or is purposefully snatched by a billowing tendril quickly finds itself wrapped into oblivion. Huh. It's, very, it's very colors pulled from it as if by a great siphon. These guys seem bad. The Hapix's complex color variations come directly from their food source, meaning that the creatures can change colors right before your very eyes if they've recently digested something. Yo! Pygmy Hapix are always in search of the brightest-hued waves, for those with the most saturated and complex color schemes are more likely to attract a mate. Pygmy Hapix tend to travel in large groups called clouds. A cloud of Pygmy Hapix. They suck the color from things. They not. They drink the highlights out of their hair. They drink the highlights out of their hair. <laughs> it's like the mean clown from Powerpuff Girls that yeah. makes everything black and white. And then, mm-hmm. and then Bubbles rocks the color back into the world. <laughs> For sure. Their motive is nourishment. Their environment is everywhere, either soaring in the sky or hovering always at least a foot above land. They have some nasty damage they can deal. Oh, we have a quote here from our old friend Carl Linnall. Oh, I love Carl Linnall. Naturally. Why do they call them pygmy hapics? Where are the regular sized ones and how large and bright are they? That's a great fucking point, Carl. Carl's asking the big questions here. <laughs> Carl's asking the big questions, looking for the big hapics. Oh, man. Getting tangled in a pygmy hapix's tendrils is dangerous. The backwards-facing barbs quickly latch onto clothing and hair, holding prey tight. The more one struggles, the more one is caught. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
If the Hapix hits with the Tendril, the victim is wrapped in the appendage. Once caught, he must make a speed defense roll on his following turn to break free. If he fails, he takes five points of damage, and the color of one object in his possession turns black, starting with the brightest. Yuck. Interesting. While he remains wrapped, the difficulty of each new speed defense roll is increased by one step up to a maximum of ten. That's terrifying. Cutting or breaking the tendril, on the rare occasion that a character has a free hand, is a difficulty five might task. Pygmy Hapics occasionally swoop down and capture especially enticing objects or creatures in their black beaks. Is That's that what that beak? is? That's a beak? This bitch got double beak. Uh... It deals five points of damage there. Pygmy Hapics are attracted to bright-colored objects that move and sometimes can be called down from the sky with a proper Hapix trap. <laughs> okay, these are terrifying. Yeah, so it sounds like they're not great, and they're more sound- a nuisance than anything. It sounds like they're pretty... Like I don't think they're intentionally no. malicious, no, I, it's just the what they how they happen to survive is bad, is really bad and kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, just in the same way that like a Venus flytrap, it's like, oh yeah, you're going to trap and paralyze and slowly dissolve insects. Like that's rough. Yeah, it's real rough. It's not. It's not the Venus flytrap's tra- fly fault. No, it's not like I'm going to choose a particularly torturous way to receive my nourishment. That's just how it works. Yeah. Fuck. Keep these things away from art museums. Yes. Yo, that's a wild, like, art heist, though. Yeah. Like, it's like you, a reverse heist. Yeah, you walk, yeah, it's, it's like, did what did they steal? They didn't steal anything. What do you mean? <laughs> Everything's pitch black now. And you come in, what? And it's like, so, they, ca- they come to an art museum and only steal and they take off the glasses slowly. The color. Warp, warp, warp. Now tell me how does that make sense? And then yeah, that's the whole thing. Is they're like chasing. What's the it. deal? What's the deal, boss? How do you steal color right out of a painting? Well, I guess it just happens to be a happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was bad. I knew it was gonna be bad, and I still said it, and that's on me. Uh, okay. I, mean, I, can see it, God. I can see it coming from a mile away. God, that sucked. Okay. Hey, you've made worse jokes. That's fair. I really have. <sighs> can we go back? Can we go back to the fact that that's apparently a beak? Yeah, I don't understand because it's like flat against the thing, and there's like two prongs. It's got like a double prong beak. Yeah, this thing that looks like a fake stick-on mustache is a beak. Apparently. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, good pet? Uh, no. If well. You, if you live in a black and white world, then maybe. No, because anyone, I mean, like, anyone has stuff to eat then. I mean, what? can you just feed it paint? Or like, you like go to the, like. coloring? You, <laughs> you put food coloring into its water. There you go. It doesn't drink the water, it but just it just sucks the fucking coloring. The color out. out of it. I think like there's you, you a chance. Get it, you there's get it a those, chance. The, the Mio, that Mio stuff. Oh my god. <laughs> there you go. 
The barbs are troubling. The barbs are troubling. That's that's scary to have around. And I don't want to get wrapped up into oblivion. I don't either. So. And I have all the color drained out of me. So I think bad pet, bud. I think probably bad pet. I think like you might you might have the chance to do like a really cool like art installation with one of these probably. by like I think that'd be very neat to see, but yeah, not something to have kind of in your household. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Very pretty. Very pretty. They're very scary. What what do they say? That you can't dispute the beauty. You really no can't. one can dispute the no beauty. No one of can epics. dispute the beauty. Not even Carl. Not even Carl. Come on, Why Carl. are they called pygmy happics, though? I don't know. There's there's no big happics. Well, then their there's tentacles are like happics. 20 feet long, so it's like... Yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Welp. All right. Well, pygmy happics, we had a good run. Bad pet, not good eats. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on into the end of the episode. We made it. We did it. We did it. Another one. Yeah, we looked at the Happics and they seemed real scary. We did it. We did it. Ooh. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to end this episode before Zach is allowed to make any more bad jokes. Hey, that was um, a more reference. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Zach Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. <laughs> I've, I've kind of fed Zach some sour grapes, it would seem. It's okay. Continue. Okay. If you enjoyed our show, uh, <laughs> sorry, I love you. You can say all the bad jokes you want. Okay. That's what this platform is for. Okay. Is it just me or it, uh, does it smell like Samada in here? What's Samada? What's Samada with you? Hey! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed our show, you can <laughs> help us out by leaving uh, a rating or review on whatever podcatcher will let you. Uh, also, check out the other shows on the Ghostlight Media Network if you're fans of tabletop role-playing games, Shakespeare, theater stuff, anything like that. We've we got, got, you got shows for you. Yeah. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia where you can find uh, where you can donate to us monthly to help us make more content that you'd enjoy. And you also get some cool rewards like being able to I hang would out just, uh, I would love to make content. I would. We'd love to make more content. I would for you love guys. to make content, but I need money. Give us the money. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can get some cool rewards. You can also check out our merch store at uh, tpublic.com/store/ghostlight, and get some cool stuff. If you want T-shirts that say "Feed the Rich to the Great Egg." Please tell us on Twitter, because yeah. honestly, if one of you does it, we're well, going to make a shirt. More specifically, at TQ Loudly on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Send, send it to Mr. Greenlee, at TQ Loudly, um, and uh, it'll happen. One, if one of you does it. If literally one person. Boopus, I'm looking at you. I know Boopus. you still listen to this show. Boopus. Boopus. Your time's coming up, my man. <laughs> uh, awesome. That's going to be it for us today. Thank you all for listening. My name is Griffin. My name is Zach. And just remember, folks, at the end of the day, it's all about love, baby. No one can dispute that it's all about love, baby. And no one can dispute that. What's Bye. the motto with you? <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you all for listening to episode 97 of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review or just telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and all of the amazing people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons Trent, Savani, and Ice Deer Brewing. We'd like to thank Nicole Tuttle Rob for making our theme song. You can find Nicole on Twitter at Nicole Voice and on The Silent Secrets as part of Ghostlight Media. We'd also like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast, also part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, make sure you've checked up on all of your updog. What's up, dog? This bit doesn't work because there's no one to respond to me. That was dumb. Bye. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.